This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today we have a special guest who's going to discuss airport operations from almost two decades of experience working in and around an airport. Brian Carney's journey to his current position in airport operations is an interesting and varied story. You know, we can learn a lot from Brian, especially that your path towards your career is not always straight but it's worth it. You know, before we begin, just a couple of announcements. Uh, A lot of people have been asking us how they can give a gift to somebody else of the scholarships guide. It's real easy. Just aviationcareerspodcast.com. Click on gift and there's a video tells you what to do and uh, it just go right through it. Basically, we just need the name, email address and how many gift certificates you want. And then we'll just send you the invoice and send you the gift certificates afterwards. Uh, It's a great way to help somebody specifically or even a flight school. Say you want to buy a dozen for a flight school for the students at that flight school to get the scholarships guide. You can go ahead and do that. We also have gift certificates now for our career coaching and also our scholarships coaching. And with our scholarships coaching, basically it's similar to our career coaching where we help people Uh, with our application process. Uh, We also started doing some application search and that type of thing. It's all based on the same thing. Uh, We do it per session. Also, any questions, any comments, any inspirational stories, just like uh, the person we're about to talk to, Brian Carey, it's uh, please write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com and you can find us all over the internet. Uh, Also, by the way, uh, one more thing I'd like you to do is if you could check out our, our YouTube channel. I'm starting to post on it again and people really like to you know, have that conversation with me. And you can actually do that on YouTube where I answer your questions. So if you go to youtube.com slash expert aviator, that's my uh, YouTube channel. We have all different topics on there. Of course, we focus around aviation. And if you have a question, we'll answer it on there. And we just started kind of doing it in a little bit more personalized format. Uh, Me out on the ramp, starting to uh, take questions, that type of thing. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Anyway, let's move on with the uh, the main show here. And like I said, I have with me somebody who's been in airport operations uh, for almost two decades now. Brian Carney's been through, uh, it's a, been a true journey uh, to his current position. Hey, Brian, uh, welcome to the show, man. Hi, thanks for having me. Good to be here. All right. Yeah, this is awesome. You know, it's kind of cool that you reached out to us to kind of share your story because of the fact that a lot of people don't realize that, you know, to get to where you are in operations, it's not, not a straight path, is it? It's not. No, there's I think I could talk, talk to you. One of the, um, the things is a lot of us in, uh, in our department, we've all come from a lot of different backgrounds. We have, you know, we have a couple of guys that were pilots and one guy uh, came through airfield maintenance. Another guy was a recruiter for an air, a regional airline. We have a, Another guy who was uh who's in the Navy, he's now one of our managers, and he's uh, he was a pilot as well. So it's it's kind of a diverse background. Where you know, for me myself, having come through working on the ramp and working for airlines, and then getting a job with the airport operator, and eventually working my way to uh, airport operations, there's it's you know, it's a good uh, diverse background that a lot of us have. So it's gives us a lot of uh, experiences, you know, not just. Um, at our airport, but other things that we've done in the in the past before we ended up where we are. 
So, you know, before we talk about that journey behind you, um, what is it you actually do? I guess we should start there. You know, what is your current job? You know, in airport operations, we um, enforce the uh, Part 139, the FAA Part 139 standards. Um, so we're doing inspections throughout the day. Um, so at a minimum, we have two inspections that we do. We do a daytime inspection and then a nighttime inspection, which basically we do that on the uh, the overnight shift uh, when we have the field to ourselves or when there's not a lot of uh, traffic coming in and out. Um, we also do different inspections that aren't required by the FAA. We do a daily FOD inspection. We cover all the taxiways, all the runways, and all the uh, the Part 139 surfaces. We also do at night, uh, just after the sun goes down, we'll do a lighting inspection. Um, so basically, we just take a quick ride through the field, up and down each taxiway, each runway, make sure that none of the, the lights are out, um, all the signs are lit, everything's working the way that it's supposed to. During those inspections, we write up any work orders that are needed, say we find a, a light that's out or we find a, a hole in the runway, whatever it might be, whatever is uh, outside of the way that should be. Uh, if it's required, we'll issue a NOTAM for that. Say it's one of the uh, the whole position signs for you know, taxiway November at uh, runway five, two, three. We could, uh, you know, we'll write up a work order for that. We'll put out a NOTAM. So that'll be on the, uh, the NOTAMs uh, for any pilots that are looking for that. We'll also put that on the field conditions. Uh, our field conditions, we try to do those at minimum every four hours we'll um, change that as needed say there's a, a construct we actually do have a big construction project going on right now we're rehabbing uh runway 1634 so as things change during the day we'll uh we'll change that as needed so we have um most of that area right now is closed until the other uh, project is done but we might have say a crane operating and we you know that might be operating for two hours so we'll put that on the field condition when that goes down we'll, we'll take it off uh, we also have some other responsibilities outside of the Part 139. We do um, part of our airport's duties under the uh, TSA Part 1542. We do um, perimeter checks, and that kind of goes hand in hand with our 139 responsibilities. With as far as the uh, the public protection and the wildlife, we're looking for any holes that a uh, you know say a coyote might have dug under the fence. We actually do get quite a few of them on the field, so we'll look through the fence as we go around there, just make sure that. Uh, yeah, the barbed wire is in the correct position. There's no holes. There's no breaches to the fence. So that ties in with our uh, 1542 and our 139. We also, a lot of times we'll have somebody in the terminal just kind of walking around. Well, a lot of that is part of uh, our customer service initiatives at the airport. As we do that, we're just looking around for anything that's uh, just like on the field, like anything that's out of place or anything that's not the way it's supposed to be. Say we have a uh, a hole in the wall or the carpet's torn or something like that. We'll write up work orders for that type of stuff too. And that's, um, you know, lower priority stuff that our building maintenance guys will get to when they get a chance. We also, in our department, we do all the, uh, the driver's training for the airfield. So for new hires that are say going to be working on the ramp for one of the airlines, they'll come in, they'll do a, uh, we'll show them a video. We'll uh, take them out on an airfield tour and just kind of cover all the, uh, the areas where they can and can't go and, all the rules and regulations that not only the FAA, but the, uh, our airport has. And we'll, uh, give them a test after that. Once, uh, once that's done, we'll get them their, uh, their non-movement driver's badge and they'll be all set to go. You know, being in Rhode Island, we do have, uh, snow issues. We have, a uh, we're part of a snow team. So we'll have during snowstorms, we'll have generally four people on duty. We'll have, uh, one person at the snow desk, which who kind of, uh, coordinates the no TAMs, the field conditions and does the, uh, the coordination with the, the tower for, let's say we have a 15 minute window between flights, we can get the uh, the brooms or the sweepers down the runway. 
Uh, we'll have one person on the runway in our friction truck doing uh, friction measurements and also just kind of watching the uh, whatever it might be, the plows, the grooms, the uh, the blowers, uh, whoever's out there. They'll also be keeping track of the uh, the times that they're out there, say the uh, the brooms are out there at uh, 10 o'clock we start and we usually it takes about eight or nine minutes to go down the runway. So we just kind of document all that so we have everything on record for our, uh, our snowstorm reports. Uh, we also have somebody out on the taxiways just basically kind of doing the same thing as the runway. Um, and also we have somebody on the ramp just kind of watching the, the flights that are getting ready to depart, say the uh, say American Airlines or United, they're de-icing and we're trying to uh, figure out when they're scheduled to go and we might have a break in between flights to, to get the runway cleared. And just kind of keep track of uh, you know, what we call our main route, which is basically our, our easiest way is to and from the, uh, the runway uh, from our terminal. We also... At TF Green Airport, we have the uh, the Patriots plane is based out of there. So we handle all the uh, NFL charters for all the, um, not just the Patriots, but the majority of the, the teams that come in and out to play them. Uh, so we'll have, a co- usually one of our companies, Ocean State Aviation, handles a lot of those. So we'll kind of just be there to support them. We'll get the, the buses in and out, get the players from the plane to the bus or from the bus to the plane. Um, another thing that we do under, uh, part 139 was called continuous surveillance. So you'll say we're not doing an inspection or we're, we're just kind of, uh, you know, in between where we might have some free time. We're just kind of watching the fields and making sure that everything's okay. Basically you're continuously doing inspection. You might not be, uh, documenting that inspection, but we're looking out for any, uh, any issues that might come up or any, uh, just say a ramp agent's driving down the, the vehicle lane and he's, he's speeding and dropping bags left and right. It's just things like that that we look out for. Uh, we had uh, actually had an incident just a few weeks ago where we had the uh, electricians out on the um, on the runway changing a center line light on the runway. And one of our guys was, he, kinda, he knew that they were out there and he heard what the uh, air traffic controller cleared a, a flight to, to land and a flight to depart. So he, uh, he was able to get those stop, get those guys oh, off wow. the runway before any issues coming so he's just kind of basically just being aware of what's going on on the field at all times we're just we're out there we're constantly out there monitoring there's usually two or three we're wow. time, yeah, so sounds, we're sounds like you know, splitting those duties up and we're just basically keeping an eye on on the field making sure that everything's running safely and efficiently and effectively and i have to say very big responsibility type of items yeah. um and it's 139 by the way 139 that's for like airlines uh you know and and that's kind of like where we are here you know basically i think it's scheduled or unscheduled with more than 30 seats that type mm-hmm. of thing there's we'll have a link to the description of what 139 yeah. is um but as far as being able to do all and i, I notice a lot of this surveillance and understanding and driving etc where where do you get that kind of training though we have on um, initial hire, we have a, up to a six-week training program. A lot of our guys have come from within um, our airport operator, the uh, which in our case is the Rhode Island Airport Corporation. So, if, say for instance, one of the guys that started just before me, he came from airfield maintenance. So he had the knowledge. He was he had his movement area drivers training. He had he knew the field inside and out basically. So for him, it was a pretty easy transition. He just had to learn the. Uh, You'll say more of the part 139 stuff and the um, more of the, the stuff that we do. Uh, for me, coming from uh, the badging office, it was a lot of it was new. I think I had about four and a half weeks of training because um, a lot of it, having worked at the airport for pretty much about 15 years at that point, I had uh, you kind of learn that stuff as you, you see things and read things, learn things. 
which is for one of our guys who's coming in, say we hired somebody brand new from outside, they could they would most likely go through the uh, the full six weeks of training. So we have um we call a, a senior airport operations specialist. We have two of them in our department that will do the the majority of the training. So um, for say the first couple of weeks that we start, it's basically just a, a Monday through Friday type of schedule. We'll be with one of them, and then. After that, for the next four weeks, we would be on what's our schedule. And then one of those guys would be scheduled off of their normal schedule to work with us and just try to uh, keep the training going as, as we had in the previous couple of weeks. So your your background, though, uh, when you got hired with them, was it uh, in any type of airport work or did you have any prior airport experience? I did. When, yeah, when I first started in uh, October 2003 was my first job at uh, TF Green Airport. Um, I, I worked on the ramp for a company called Aramark Aviation Services, which uh, at the time was contracted by Delta Airlines. I was a ramp agent there for just about a year uh, before I moved over to Southwest. And while I was working for uh, for Aramark, the airport corporation had uh, advertised for a, a police dispatcher. And I had gone to school for criminal justice. I got my criminal justice degree. And I was kind of one of those guys, like even in high school and college, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Basically, I just kind of went to college more to keep running on the track team. Um, but criminal justice seemed to be the, mo- the most interesting thing for me. So I got my degree in that. And working at the airport, I just kind of, you know, I'd always had an interest in aviation as a kid. And just working at the airport, I, uh, getting to see and do new things. It, it piqued my interest and seeing that uh, the advertisement for the police dispatcher, it kind of gave me the uh, the ability to combine my degree and what I was doing working on the ramp and to try to use my degree more. Um, so I applied. I finished second on the list. It was about a year or so later they called me when I was working at Southwest to see if I was still interested in the position. And so I ended up leaving Southwest. I went to, to work for the, uh, the airport corporation as a police dispatcher for uh, I was on the third shift for about four and a half years, and that I say the uh, the police dispatch title is probably it's a little bit misleading because we did more than police dispatch. We did police department, fire department, airfield maintenance, building maintenance operations. We kind of had our hand in everything. We dealt with all the uh, the different departments throughout the airport. Um, we had to know the the basic layout of the field, maybe not say taxiway names, which, you know, which taxiway is which, but we had, we knew the perimeter. We rode with an officer a couple of times a year just to, to keep our, uh, our knowledge of the field intact. And we knew that had to know the terminal inside and out. So it, it was a good experience where you kind of, you got to know the airport you got to uh, not do not just the law enforcement side, but like I said, we dealt with the, say the fire department, the, operations building maintenance airfield maintenance we got to list when i was there i listened to the the guys out there plowing snow i'd listen to the the air traffic control tower because i just like would be interested in hearing that stuff it kind of uh you get a better idea of what's going on not just in the in what we're doing but what, what was happening around the airport as well uh, so yeah when my son was born working third shift it was kind of tough i'd i'd get out of work about eight o'clock or so in the morning my wife would drop him off. She would take the bus to the airport, drop him off. I'd take him home. So I had the, uh, the opportunity, the, uh, the badging office had an open position. That was a, it was a Monday through Friday job. It was still in the police department. So it kept me kind of engaged in what I was doing. I was able to still, you know, keep up on my dispatch training. I was able to fill in as needed. So I ended up in badging for about nine and a half years or so. And doing that, we, again, it was kind of like, uh, 
the police department where we had our our hands and everything it was even more than that because we would deal with the uh the different tenants at the airport so like the uh the restaurant company the company that runs the gift shops we'd have um the people from the airlines would come to us so we kind of would get to know everybody you'd get to see everybody as they come in when they you know when they first start working or when they come in to renew their badges so it was really it was a good experience and it kind of it gives you more more opportunity to meet more people to do more things we get to we were more involved with tsa than i was with uh working a police dispatch because we uh the uh, badging operates under their the tsa regulations um so it was good exposure to to learning you know lots of new things and uh yeah i had always going back to the time when i was working at delta one of the uh the ops guys used to come in and talk to us all the time and one day just one of the guys asked him what do you, you know, what is it you guys do exactly we'd and we see you guys driving back and forth in the yellow trucks, but it just seems like you're kind of just driving around all the time. So he kind of explained what they did. And I was just kind of kept that in the back of my mind. And when I had the uh, the opportunity to, and they had an open position in operations, I had the the opportunity to apply. And uh, I was lucky enough to get hired and be able to, to go on and do something else. Uh, I think it's it's been a good combination of experience where I think yeah, I've worked not only on the ramp, I've worked and dispatch and badging met all these people done all these things where you kind of i feel like i have a good uh good foundation for my career if i want to advance it at some point in the future um one of the uh the nice things about operations is you're uh kind of getting a, a foundation not just of how the airport runs but what it takes to run it the people you need what type of things you have to do to, to keep things moving so a lot of our you know higher management people have come out of operations so hopefully it'll uh, at some point it'll give me uh, an opportunity to advance you know, whenever the time comes so you know one of the reasons i asked you that you didn't have any real background in the past in in the aviation is that if someone was looking into like getting into operations you don't necessarily have to have an airport operations background do you i mean people can apply that do not no you definitely don't need to we had a one of our guys had been a private pilot in the past, and he was working in sales uh, for a printing company. Um, and he he was interested in. It. He took the test, and you know he studied what he had to study, and a lot a lot of that stuff he had known from being a pilot previously. Uh, so just it was for him it was more like a refresher, and he was able to uh, to study what he needs to study and, and get the job. A lot of it is you know, just knowing your like your part 139, knowing that inside and out, reading the uh, the advisory circulars from the FAA and just kind of staying on top of all that stuff and you know, seeing what's changing within not just operations, but within the airport industry, the aviation industry. Yeah, it seems like it's a job where people don't leave. I've noticed every airport I go to, the people really enjoy it. Why, why do you think that is? Yeah, it's definitely, I think it is a good career. Like you're not stuck in an office all day. You're out there. Just you know, with the planes and with the people, the passengers, it's it. I mean, it definitely beats being stuck at a desk all day and looking out the window, wishing you could be out there. But yeah, I mean, it's it's um, you know, for us in the in Rhode Island, it's a it's a high paying job. We after a, you know a certain amount of years, we, we get up to a good pay rate. But it's just it's a fun job. I think that's why you don't see a lot of people leave. Yeah, you could go to work and 
you'll work in an office, you could work in a factory, you could do whatever. But I, for us that are interested in aviation, you really can't beat what we do, just being out on the field, watching planes come and go, you know, just seeing all these incredible things. Like we, you know, For us at TF Green, we have the Patriots plane. It just you know, Every time you drive by that, you can see it a hundred times, but every time you drive by, you got to take a second look. We've had uh, you know, 777s come in, military charters. You know, for an airport our size, we don't really see a lot of those, the wide-body aircrafts. We had uh, last year, the Miami Dolphins took in a uh, Atlas 747 when they came to play the Patriots. Uh, we had just a few weeks ago, we had an Antonov AN-124 came in, uh, took a, a sailboat from, from Bristol, Rhode Island to New Zealand for the, uh, the America's Cup, um, which I believe is next year. But just seeing stuff like that, I, you never get sick of it. You never, it's kind of intoxicating where you just want to, you want to see that all the time. You want to be a part of it. And uh, it's just, it's tough to, you know, even if you did want to move on in your career, it's, it, I think it would be tough because you, you're going to maybe sit in an office somewhere. And again, you look out the window, and go, oh, I wish I could be out there again. So I think I'm starting to understand this because I've had people on airport operations on before. Mm-hmm. And every time I'm out there, no one, ever, like, like you just described, no one really leaves because I, I think it's both, you have this varied type of, environment and you get to see some really cool things um, but it, it always changes and I think that's something that a lot of people say about their jobs they get bored mm. it doesn't seem like you get bored do you no you never get bored that's one of the things that I love about this job is every day is different every day I'm still learning new things I've been just shy of two years in operations now but every day is, is a new learning experience where say you know in badging you know, it was different people, but it was the same process. It was the same paperwork every single day. You meet different people, you see new companies, and you. Uh, I think you want to be a part of what's actually going on when you when you've been doing it that long. And when we had uh, Amazon was in briefly, and we had the you know, the Amazon Prime seven sixty sevens were out there, and the, you'd always drive by there on your way into work, and be like, oh, I wish I could be out there just to go check that thing out. And, just drive by, just take a closer look at it. And it was, and we had a decent view from our office, but sometimes you just look out there, even like during the snowstorms and stuff where it's tough and you just say, like, I wish I could be out there, just kind of experience that and see what's going on. Yeah, even in a uh, dispatch where it was different, it was more of a, an operational job. And again, every day was different. You have different things pop up, but again, every day we're still doing the same checks. We're doing the same things over and over again. Where just you know things pop up, things are different, but for the most part, a lot of it's uh, it can be, get repetitive. Where you know operations, we still we're doing the same inspections every day, we're doing the same checks, but again, there's there's always an opportunity for something to come up, and you have different flights, different planes, uh, different charters, and it's so it's always exciting to be a part of new things and um, to see that stuff, and we get to experience that quite a bit. Well, we had not just the Antonov uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had the uh, we had some soccer team charters. We have the football charters, and you know, I'm not really a big football fan, but for some of our guys, it's cool just to you know, to see these visiting teams come in and see the the players that they know, the coaches that they know, and so yeah, it's it's definitely uh, cool. it gives you a lot of uh, different opportunities to see and do a lot of different things. So, if you're someone who's thinking about the job and operations, as far as you know, like the qualifications, I think. 
I think a lot of people think they have to, you know, go to school and get a, a specific type of degree, but it seems like you can have a degree in many different backgrounds. But with that said, what would you suggest to somebody? Say they're they're just getting started, both uh, in the high school kind of age, uh, maybe in college. What kind of what should they do as far as education is concerned? You think? I think you know if you're if you're young enough, if you look at a. Uh an aviation specific school or a degree program, you know, you have the, the Embry Riddles, you have, um, you know, here in New England, we have uh, Bridgewater uh, State College in Massachusetts have, has an aviation program. And out down where you guys are, is it Polk, uh, Polk, Polk State, State College? College? Yeah. Um, putting the plug in. <laughs> yeah. So here in uh, Rhode Island, in, in Warwick, where our airport is, we have a, a technical school, uh, which offers an, an aviation program for high school age kids. And our, uh, our airport, TF Green, they have a uh, a um, a connection with them, so we can take those kids. We give them the opportunity to do an internship in the uh, the operations department, and basically just to see not only airport operations, but just how the uh, the entire airport operates. Uh, so they might spend some time with us. They might spend some time with uh, the fire department, just you know, seeing different things, how different things work. Um, but yeah, and if you can. Uh, Look into one of those aviation-specific schools. You know, for me, it was kind of I you know working at the airport already. I had the opportunity. Right, so if you had a uh, had something to, I'd say definitely study your FAA Part One Thirty Nine. Study the FAA advisory circulars. Keep keep up on what's going on in the uh, the airport and the aviation industry. For our airport, the requirement is a, a two-year college degree or three years of uh, aviation experience. How about reading materials? I mean, is yeah, when we uh, when we advertise the position, we they'll tell you to read the Part 139 document, and based on what might be going on around at the airport. I know when I took the test, when I had uh, put in for the job, they told us to read the uh, the markings, the airport markings um, advisory circular, and the uh, construction advisory circular because of uh, some construction projects that were going on and coming up. So basically, our test and our interview were based on what we had read. Um, not just Part 139, but also the uh, the advisory circulars. Um, we also had some stuff about uh, your runway incursions. So it was quite a bit of of stuff to uh, to read and memorize. I read through what they had given us probably 15 times. I printed everything out. I put it in a binder. It was probably six inches thick by the time I printed everything. And you just gotta prepare and just keep reading that stuff and just. Whatever they give you, it might be different at other airports. They might give you a more broad, kind of a general knowledge test. That, you know, I'm not sure how other airports might be. Um, but for us, it was just kind of you know reading that stuff over and over and over and over again, and just make sure that you know it, um, you know every every way inside and out. And uh, you know, our test was based on a lot of that. It was a lot of uh, the detail that what we read, and it was a, similar for the interview. The interview was kind of strange. It wasn't even really a, a, I'd say like a job interview. It was more like an oral exam based on uh, the stuff that we had been given to study. Yeah, that might have been different for me just because I had already been working for the company. Um, you know, say somebody from the outside, it might have been more, it might have been part, partly that and partly a uh, kind of a, like a get to know your job type of interview like uh, you would normally expect. You know, one of the resources I like to tell people if they're into airports and really want to know more uh, and this is just me. I love to point them at the FA website. They have a thing on airports and it's called airport safety. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff you were talking about, like 139s, and they have some cool videos too. Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, we had each printed out a, uh, 
a packet from the FAA, which kind of just puts everything like the markings and basically all your airport stuff into a, a shorter document. So we keep that with us for reference. But yeah, if you, if you look at their website, there is a lot of stuff that you can look at. So I would say just don't study what they give you. Just look around, look for other things. Um, I know when I was applying, I went online, I Googled, uh, you know, airport operations specialist uh, requirements, job description, all this different stuff. I read descriptions from other airports. I uh, printed up the uh, study guide from the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, which was uh, quite a document in itself. <laughs> it was uh, a lot more involved than what we ended up uh, being tested on. Um, but yeah, I just, I looked around, I kind of got to know what was going on at other airports. You see you know, what the requirements are, not just at the airport you're applying for, but just like, look around, see what other airports are doing, see what uh, because the job is basically going to be the basics of it are going to be the same across the country because the uh, yeah, we're doing the same thing we're as your part 139 compliance. But yeah, basically you, you might be doing different things at different airports around the country, but basically your basic uh, core of the job is going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the neat thing about it too, is that if you decide you want to change jobs, you can move somewhere else. And that's, uh, I have a really good friend of mine, uh, I've been fly flown with, uh, in the airport she was operating 30 years ago. Now she's here, uh, in this area, you know, helping out and, and working in airport operations because she had that experience. So those, those skills that you have, like say you decide you want to go somewhere else, you can do that. Uh, the only difference is I think, uh, you have to worry a little bit, I think about seniority because a lot of these are based yeah. on a uh, number of years of service for your retirement, et cetera. And you go between usually municipalities or some or a government or quasi-government uh, institution. Yeah, when I uh, when I was working in badging, one of the guys who was working in operations, he's now one of our managers. He had told me one of the he showed he kind of took me around. I kind of did like a job shadow with him for a couple hours just to see kind of what operations does before I applied. And he said one of the the nice things about it is say you want to move somewhere else if you have that airport operations experience you can pretty much get hired, you know, maybe not in airport ops right away, but you have a good opportunity to, to get a job at another airport. Um, for me, that was kind of a, a nice thing to know. Like my wife is from uh, Northwest Mexico. So, you know, if we ever wanted to move to Tucson or to Phoenix to be closer to her family, you know, I definitely would have that background, have that experience if we ever uh, went not there, but just anywhere else. Cool. That would be awesome. I mean, be able to, to go to that type of job, but if, obviously you have the experience. Um, one thing I did want to mention, I for, sometimes I forget to do this, is that as far as wages are concerned, and I usually like to take these from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they, they talk about you know annual wages, uh, the median in airport operations specialists being about 52000 uh, top 90%, about 93000 uh, Starting wages, you're looking in the 20s and 30s, is that, a, and of course with all the benefits, is that about uh, similar to to what you've experienced or, or what you folks have seen in your area. It's probably higher where you are because it's the Northeast. Yeah, in the Northeast, uh, we generally would, I believe our uh, starting pay is just under $40,000, and it goes up from there. Within the first five years, you can uh, you can increase that pretty pretty exponentially. I mean, we're not at the, the $93,000 level. Um, yeah, that would be nice, but uh, we're uh, – yeah, for us that have been there for a long time, you're looking maybe in the mid seventies, mid eighties. It, it it depends. You know, like you said, uh, wherever you are in the country. Uh, some when I was looking at the job, I had looked at uh, it was somewhere in South Carolina. I don't remember where, but their 
their description was not just airfield operations, they did badging department as well. So it was it was a lot of different things that they were doing. Uh, they started, I believe, at like 16 or $17 an hour, which, you know, that's not bad. But it's just, it dep- yeah. depending on the region where you are, you know, say you're in uh, New York City or San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, you're going to probably make it more just because the cost of living in those areas are higher. You know, and like I said, here in the Northeast, it's it's generally a uh, cost of living is so much higher that um, your wages start at a, a higher point. I was going to say, one of the things that's nice about it is um, the fact that they have, you know, not only decent wages, but a great retirement. And uh, and that that's pretty awesome, too. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, before we go, did we – I want to make sure we hit on all the points you wanted to hit on before we go, but also um, – make sure we make people realize, yeah, it is a, it is a cool job and you still like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just one thing I would like to mention, um, you know, working at the airport, it's not just operations. There's, there's so many different things that you can do. I mean, aviation and airports, it's, it gives you so many opportunities. We have at the airport being working for the airport operator, you have things that you might not think of at an airport. Like we have an accounting department. We have, uh, customer service, IT department, we have you know, electronics technicians, we have environmental department engineers, uh, graphics designers. So if you have a background in any of those things and you have an interest in aviation, if you want to uh, you'll combine those two, just you know, look for your, your closest airport and you know, say you're an accountant and you, you have a pilot's license or you're just interested in aviation, you know, just take, take a look, see if there's anything out there and you know, I can guarantee you that you're uh, your office view is going to be a lot better than being at some office park. But we also have, uh, you know, some things that are, uh, you know, more airport specific. We have our airfield maintenance guys that are out there um, taking care of the signs, the markings, or doing more aviation specific type of things. So I mean, that might be uh, an opportunity for somebody. Um, we have uh, electricians that handle not just the terminal but all the airfield lighting, the the signs, the you know, the runway, the taxiway lighting. Uh, we have a, a building maintenance department which um, they handle the terminal and all of our uh, outlying buildings. So there's a lot to it. And just working in that, you you see uh, you see people go off in different directions. Like one of the guys that I worked with at Aramark is now a pilot for American Airlines. So you, you, know, you see different things like, you, you know, say you just come in off the street, you saw an ad for a ramp agent and you, you, you go, you get the job and you say, uh, I, you know, air traffic control, that looks like a pretty cool, cool job. And maybe I'll uh, look into that. Or I'll go to school for that. Um, you could work your way towards that. And uh, we also have, uh, it's different at air, different airports around the country. Like at our airport, we have our own dedicated police and fire department. So if you have a, a law enforcement background, like a lot of our police officers are retired from other departments in Rhode Island. Um, so they've uh, they've retired from those departments and then they come to, to work at the airport. Uh, we do have some uh, some new officers that went through the uh, the Rhode Island Mun- Municipal Police Academy. Um, we have our fire department. A lot of those guys have a, a fire background, and then they they came to work at the airport. But there's, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can go. There's so many different things that you can do. You can you know go be an air traffic controller. You can go take flight lessons, become a pilot. You can you know, work with the FAA as a a technician or you could work in a, a regional office somewhere there's there's so many opportunities and there's so many different things and just you know working at the airport you you get that base you 
you see maybe I might be interested in this and you can work your way towards that. And um, yeah, I kind of feel that's like what I did when I first started working at Delta. You see those those ops guys and you thought oh, that would be a pretty cool job. So I just you know, I kind of kept that in the back of my head. And then when I had the opportunity when it came up, and you know, I was lucky enough to be able to uh, to get hired and to be doing what I'm doing now. Well, we're glad you uh, were able to find this job and kind of share it with us today. Actually, this has been awesome, man. It's uh, it's always nice to hear somebody that really likes their job, and uh, it's it, it's really neat for me too because it opens my eyes to all the different varied uh, different jobs that are out there within within your field. Um, but uh, but yeah, before we go, anything else you want to say to to those that are kind of thinking about getting into it uh, and and feel like hey, this is, seems like a daunting task, like it's something that that encompasses so many different things because uh, like you said you look at the website you're like oh my gosh there's so much information here what kind of advice we give them when they're thinking about getting into it say so just take it slow you know if you have a, an interest in one of these type of positions look into it you know research it as much as you can think about all the um you know the positives and the negatives you know like for me like it's a great job you can't beat what we do but our schedule is it's not bad like i work second and third shift so it's, you know, you miss time with your family, you miss things, or you'd, you'd rather be home with, with them. Um, but yeah, it's it's like any other job. You'd you have to sacrifice certain things to, to get where you want to be. Um, but just, you know, for airport operations specifically, just look into, uh, into what we do. You know, research as much as you can. If you, you have great references, and uh, now we have Google, you have YouTube, you can see... Uh, like one of the first things I did when I applied was go on YouTube and just type in uh, airport operations and get to see some different airports. I watched a video from London City Airport, one of the guys there, and just kind of get to know what you want to do, where you want to be, kind of get your goals in order. It can be overwhelming when you look at all this stuff. When you look at the, the FAA Part 139, it's it's a lot of different stuff. It's It's a lot to remember. It's a lot to read. You know, same with the advisory circulars. And so you think about all the different stuff that we do and it seems like a lot and it can be overwhelming you know, when you first start, but just, you know, if you do end up in that position, just, just take it slow, take the time to learn, you know, take advantage of any training that you have, any training that they offer you. you know, just kind of listen, observe, and uh, it'll seep in, you know, it might take a while, but you'll, uh, You'll, you'll get it eventually. Even doing this for two years, I'm still I'm still learning new stuff every day, and it's uh, that's one of the, the best parts about the job is it's it's continuous education. You're, you're learning uh, different things. It, maybe not through airport operations, or you might see you might be exposed to uh, different companies and learn how they work, different airlines, you know, different organizations, and you just you get to see a lot of different things, and you kind of get to take that all in, and uh, it does give you a good foundation. Well, Brian, this has been awesome, man. I mean, I, I've been so happy to have you on to talk about airport operations. By the way, if you're listening right now and you want to go back and listen to some of the other folks that are in airport operations, you'll find that every one of them seems really happy about their job and loves what they're doing. And if you have questions for Brian, of course, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com will forward them all over to Brian. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. It's uh, yeah, I've listened to your podcast for a long time and I I thought, you know, maybe I could uh, get involved and just, you know, if you can encourage somebody, if you can motivate somebody to, to follow their dreams and do what they want to do, if, even if it's not aviation, if it's, if you have a desire to do something, just go for it.
you know, hopefully things will work out for you. Well, you know, I think that's some great advice. And, you know, if you're listening right now and you're interested in, in airport operations or anything in aviation, uh, you know, like he was talking about, Brian was saying, it, it's, I know it seems daunting, but the most important thing is just, you know, do, do one thing at a time. Take one little step, you know, look into the different jobs, look on our website, Aviation Chris Podcast, Airport Operations, go out there, Google it, that type of thing. But the most important thing is to keep moving forward and don't stop here. And, uh, and what I want to do is challenge you after you hit stop is not just stop right there. I want you to do something today so that you can learn something and you can move forward in your career. Take that step today to move forward in your career and in your life. Well, we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.